Comms Day Live. I'm Graham Lynch. Welcome to the show. A special edition this week. It's the sesquicentenary, the 150th anniversary of what could be termed the original national broadband network of Australia, except it was an overland telegraph network connecting Adelaide to Darwin and from Darwin on to Europe. Um, it was overseen by a man called Sir Charles Todd. And it's my absolute pleasure to be speaking with his great-great-grandson, Julian Todd. Welcome to the show, Julian. Oh, thank you. Okay. Now, Um, your great-great-grandfather, I have that right? Yes? Yes, Okay, that's right. He's widely regarded as the father of international telecommunications in Australia. We're going back 150 years here. So can you tell us a bit about Charles Todd? Who who was he? what were his qualifications in life and how did he get to the point where he oversaw what was arguably the most impressive engineering project in Australia in the 19th century? Uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a fascinating but lovely bit of history. Um, I mean, Sir Charles was um, the, the humble son of a tea merchant in, in Islington and then subsequently Greenwich. Um, he had a unique ability mathematically he could add up three columns of numbers simultaneously um so quite a bright cookie um his first job as a 15 year old was as an astronomical computer at the the royal observatory in greenwich that was literally the job title a computer yes yeah that's right and Ah. he and three other lads would just sit there from morning till dusk adding numbers and it was looking at um, data that had been collected over some 50 or 60 years and trying to aggregate it that related to uh, transits of Venus and and the like that was being done um, at the Greenwich Royal Observatory. Um, And and subsequent to that, um, he he also, and it's relevant, made a galvanic determination of the difference of longitude between Greenwich and Cambridge. So the two things that really come through in Todd's life is managing or measuring rather time and measuring distance. Um, and uh, indeed, whilst he was there, he was uh, invited to go to Paris. And although it's not noted, um, he was one of the earliest observers of, of, of the planet Neptune. Oh, wow. Who knows? He may have been the first person to visit or to see Neptune, but um, the point is the French uh, obviously took uh, took took that limelight. Um, but you know, having having said all of that, the the other thing he was involved in at the time, and this is, you know, he's only now what uh, 25, 26, 27. Um, there was a new galvanic department that was set up in Greenwich, and the the point was the railway network in the UK was was ballooning. And you need to measure time to manage a network of trains. And so Todd became responsible for the transmission of time signals throughout England and the dropping of time balls. Um, and uh, so you know, that was his early background. And, and because he was as good as he was, um, I guess, both in, in um, rolling out telegraphic networks and managing time he was offered the job of, of superintendent of telegraphs and government astronomer in south australia um 
and he was only 29. Um, and and what what I presume went through his mind is, well, I'll come out to Australia, I'll work for four or five years, and then I'll go back to uh, go back to Cambridge. Um, and of course, uh, that that never eventuated. Mm. Um, in fact, he arrived in what 1855, and in November, and by February, he'd already built the first government-owned telegraphic network from Adelaide out to um, um, Port Adelaide. And that was important because the ships needed um, to know what the time was so that could measure longitude. They could measure where they were um, whilst they were sailing around Australia. Right. And so, so that, that was his you know, very first instance of rolling out um, a, 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 a telegraph line, albeit just from the Adelaide CBD out to Port Adelaide. Um, and indeed, at his wedding, which was just before he came out, he, in his wedding speech, said uh, as part of the speech he wanted to, to ensure that the colony of Austra- or that the colonies in Australia could be connected um, to, to Britain. Um, and so he conceived that even before he came out to Australia. About the cable itself, I mean, quite a formidable achievement going from Darwin to Adelaide. I mean, few people mm. had even made the journey at that stage. So what, what were some of the challenges in building a cable like that? Well, I, I'll take you back to, it would be 1862. Mm-hmm. It took six goes for McDowell Stewart to successfully cross the continent. It took six times, right? Mm. And, of course, um, Burke and Wills had died trying to achieve the same goal. Right, and it was it wasn't for anything. It it, it wasn't a noble exercise. It was all about um, uh, the different the different states competing with each other for um, areas of land within Australia. And incidentally, on completion of successfully crossing the continent, the first European to do so, that is, um, uh, the Northern Territory. Um, came to life and was annexed and became a subsidiary of South Australia. So such was the implication of, of these early explorers, right? So that's 1862. Mm. 1866, after the third or perhaps, I think it was the third time, the undersea cable linking Newfoundland and Ireland was finally and successfully commissioned, right? So go forward six years and a 3,000-kilometre-long bit of telegraph from Adelaide through to Darwin was successfully commissioned and the completion of that telegraph line meant that rather than waiting three months for a ship to go to the UK or Europe and then three to four months for it to come back, um, you had you know a six- to seven-month turnaround for any news that news could now be transmitted within um, an hour or so. Mm. So, and, and of course, what it also meant is you could send a telegram from Sydney all the way to uh, London, to Paris, New York, and even San Francisco. Um, so, uh, it you know it, it 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 broke that tyranny of distance that Australia had had uh, had. had Experienced through its its early um, um, period of European settlement, 
And of course, Charles Todd um, is remembered in other ways, isn't he? Um, the Todd River in Alice yes. Springs springs to mind. Um, and, and what did he go on to do uh, after this caper was built? Well, well, you, I, I think um, the, the the you have to put the Avalon Telegraph line in context for Sir Charles. Mm. It was only two years of his life, mm. and that's the extraordinary side to to what Sir Charles achieved. I mean, he it, it, it's non-trivial, but in his lifetime, he was made a fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society, a fellow of the Royal Meteorological Society. He was government astronomer, a uh, government electrician rather for 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 South Australia. Um, some small but relevant anecdotes. Um, every telegraph station he built, he turned into a meteorological station and then used the telegraph network to communicate temperature, pressure, waterfall, etc. Every hour. And mm. by the time he retired, um, which I think he was seventy-eight. Um, he'd built 504 meteorological stations. So just this little element in its own, the Bureau of Meteorology has managed to digitise just 1% of the data that Todd and his team collected over those years, and that's being used globally right now by climate scientists all around the world because it's a snapshot of the impact of the Southern Ocean relative to um, Australia and indeed the the, the the southern hemisphere's climate. Hmm. Um, that's only one small thing. Um, another another um, insight was that uh, Adelaide relied on gas for lighting, and um, they slowly but surely were migrating towards using electricity. And Todd and my great grandfather Headley um, electrified the square mile of Adelaide. Um, and I think it's 1877, it might be 1879, but he had developed some um, UK, uh, some, some um, arc lamp technology and then took that down to Melbourne at a, a, an exhibition and there was the first night match, which was the AFL equivalent between South Australia and Victoria. And that couldn't have happened without the electrical capabilities of Todd and my great-grandfather. So, you know, that's another just small insight in terms of of, of Todd and his world. Extraordinary stuff. Now, uh, the reason we're talking is because it is the 150th anniversary of the Overland Telegraph Cable being launched. Um, And you're overseeing the commemorations of this. Can you tell us um, what's been done to remember this great achievement? Um, well, we've 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 uh, uh, recently had a symposium opened by the uh, the governor of South Australia at the University of Adelaide. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Henley on Todd Regatta happens to be on the twentieth of August. The hundred and fiftieth anniversary is on Monday, the twenty second of August. So Alice Springs um, is genuinely getting really really excited about combination of celebrating um, what the telegraph line meant um, for Alice Springs, what it meant for the Northern Territory, indeed what it meant for Australia. Um, at the same time, Derek Pugh, um, a, a Northern Territory author, a book called 20 to the Mile, um, has a 100 of his closest friends and probably more 
um, going to Fru Ponds, which is about 20 kilometres south of Dunmara Station. And it's at Fru Ponds where the north and south ends of the telegraph line were connected um, on August the 22nd, um, 1872. And he will uh, smash a bottle of brandy adjacent to the pole and do a reenactment dressed and looking as though he was Patterson. He was this, he was one of the superintendents. Right, right. Um, Todd was at Central Mount Stewart when the line was connected. And for those that are, are interested, if you if you look up some of the first telegrams um, that uh, Todd sent and received um, on the evening of August the 27th, you, you will be enormously surprised that the, the, the telegrams are the size of an A4 page and all they're going is dots and dashes. I mean, it's extraordinary how nimble and capable, capable they were in, in sending messages. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, the I, I heard someone ask the question the other day, well, how did, did Australia have enough copper? No, they didn't bother using copper. They used fencing wire. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you've got poles. You've got Oppenheimer poles, you've got um, insulators and fencing wire to build this 3,000-kilometre line which connected Australia to the rest of the world. Fascinating. In fact, I, I know even to this day in the United States, in some remote parts of the US, they still use fencing wire <laughs> as part of the um, standard telephone network. It's, it's just, you know, if you, if you think... Just to the 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 enormity of the challenge. Mm. Um, the 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 point is, um, you've got eight hundred men, you've got three thousand kilometres, you've mm. got to feed them, you've got to clothe them, you've got to find poles, you've got to get wire out there, you've got to get the insulators there, mm. and it's um, all you've got in your hand is a diary that was written by a surveyor in eighteen sixty two. Yeah. All right. So, notwithstanding um, time and place, it was an enormous undertaking. Uh, it almost made South Australia broke. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, they, uh, they, um, they, they managed the network. Um, Todd subsequently completed the telegraph line um, uh, connecting Western Australia to, to Adelaide. Hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, along the way... Um, he, he had been asked to, and he, and he used the telegraph network to um, uh, also do, through, through sightings of Venus and the sun, he was working out longitude, right? And mm. by using the telegraph network um, between Sydney and Melbourne and Adelaide, they could then start to properly align longitude and the geodetic um, surveying network for Australia. Now, the, the consequence of that is that Todd in 1877 was asked to verify the longitude of the border between Victoria and South Australia. And for anyone today, have a look at a Google map and you will see that the southern portion of the border between South Australia and Victoria is 3.6 kilometres west of the border between New South Wales and mm. South Australia. Mm. The Cheneys, the surveyors in Victoria, pegged the border out in the wrong spot. <laughs> and it was Todd who uh, established that. Um, uh, and that particular case 
um, went as high as the, the, the High Court, rather, and then on to the Privy Council and was eventually set, uh, tossed out. But, you know, it's a, just a lovely bit of history um, that relates to Australia and is unique to Australia. Extraordinary. Now... Um, just to wrap up, um, go, go, go fast forward to the present, and we, we live in a world of terabit cables and fibre optics and so on. What do you think Charles would have made of all of this? Well, well I, I've got a lovely current story that puts it all in context. Um, uh, about, I don't know, two years ago, I received a phone call from the Alice Springs Telegraph Station. Mr. Todd, we've got NBN. We've got fibre. We've got bandwidth. Isn't that fantastic? And I go, yeah, that's great. You know, the telegraph stations moved from <laughs> fencing wire to, to, to having fibre to the curb. And then a gentleman called Laurie Wallace, who's part of some delightful gentlemen, um, Norse Codians, and they go to Alice Springs at their own expense every year um, just to sit there and tap out Morse code. <laughs> Uh, on behalf of the public that swing by the telegraph station, Laurie comes to me and said, Julian, um, um, I don't need fibre. I just need a key attached to a 300-board bit of copper, please. We have 300-board network um, as opposed to fibre that we have today. And Mm. so, you know, having said all of that, you know, by, what was it, 1905, the telegraphists, um, they were managing 220-odd words a minute. Mm. And, and you know, Todd would have been really pleased or surprised, but I think pleased also, that, that um, when Darwin and Catherine were bombed in February 1942, the only way Darwin could tell Canberra that, this, that the country had been um, attacked was Morse code. Yeah. The uh, telegraph line was still being used... The telephone lines actually weren't the old STD code. That that wasn't connected in Darwin until April 1942. There you go. So mm. there's a bit of NBN infrastructure um, that survived 70 years. The, I mean, the, the original NBN, as it were. Well, they 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 sort of the, the telegraph line had, had moved three times. It had gone to copper as opposed to fencing wire. The poles had been replaced. Um, it it uh, experienced outages like every network does today, mm. um, and and it had some redundancy. So it was a more sophisticated line, but nevertheless, it was still using Morse code for communication. Julian, um, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing your um, your reflections, and I, I can't really say memories because they're far too long ago for the most part. But your historical knowledge of what happened is about par and for our telecommunications industry listeners i'm sure they absolutely uh, loved hearing this from you well well i'm certainly going to have a lot of fun in Alice springs in two weeks time as i have said to many other friends the todds will be on the todd in the henley on todd ah. we're gonna have a good time and, th- and we're gonna have a good party and it'll be a fabulous celebration um, not only of Sir Charles's achievement, but, you know, this was Australia's largest um, and most successful piece of infrastructure. It happened to be telecommunications infrastructure mm. in Victorian times, and we should be shouting for the rooftops what these guys achieved. Terrific. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you.
And just a note, if you want to find out more about the commemorations around the 150th anniversary of the Overland Telegraph Cable, there's a website that's been set up, very simple URL, ot150.net. I'll just uh, repeat that, ot150.net. That's it for this special edition of Comms Day Live. We'll see you next time.